Welcome to Field Review Sports Podcast. I'm Scott Comey, the producer. Brian Damon is our star of the show. And today we have a special guest on our show, Charlie Smith. Charlie, a uh, few words before we get started. Went to my first game at six as a Seahawks fan. Went to the Saints game with my dad. Thanks, Dad. I've uh, been you know, going crazy watching these Seahawks ever since. And just excited that this Russell Wilson era is so much fun. It's crazy. But they're going to give me a heart attack. I'm going <laughs> to die young. All right. Thanks for having me, fellas. Right on. All right. Well, hey, Brian, we're going to just uh, cover a couple things real quick before we get into the picks for this week for the NFL um, and start with uh, college football. What's going on in the f- college football world? All right. So we're finally we're finally to the fun stuff. So this is where it, it all matters for the college football playoffs. We've got the conference championships uh, this weekend. So Ohio State's going to play Wisconsin and Wisconsin got thumped the last time they played. And uh, so <laughs> is it going to happen again or is Wisconsin going to keep it close? I'm going to bet Wisconsin keeps it close just because they, they kind of saw him once. They played well through the first half, and then they, they blew it. They blew it big time <laughs> in the second half and got blown out, just like Ohio State beats everybody. So Ohio State retains the number one ranking. LSU's two, Clemson's three, Georgia's four, and LSU and Georgia play each other this week. So Saturday afternoon, they're going to battle, battle it out. With, the, uh, with LSU being the favorite, uh, I, I would pick them just based on how they've played out the season. So Ohio State and LSU would, would retain one and two after we, get, after we get past this weekend. That's where I'm going. Clemson's not playing anybody, so uh, they're going to automatically advance. Okay, sorry, they're playing Virginia. But they're going to automatically advance and retain their number three spot. So the four spot opens up. Does Georgia keep it if it's a close game against LSU? I don't know. I would say not, and I would say that uh, it, gives the, it opens the door for Utah, but Utah would have to go and, and, and lay a whooping on uh, Oregon on Friday night. So if Utah can do that, then I'd say that they, they have an inside shot at it. Now, the, the other thing is o- OU and Baylor playing. I don't think either one of them really has a shot as long as Utah can control their, their business. Because I think if OU wins, uh, I, I think it's just been an ugly season for them. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're, they're good and all that stuff, but you can't go to Kansas State and get upset and then expect to make it. So I think if Georgia loses to LSU close, I think Georgia can retain it over OU. But gives, I still say Utah's got a chance to, to dial it in. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I think Utah gets it done against Oregon, and uh, I think Georgia loses a close one, but doesn't gets knocked out. And some sportscaster was going off today saying, like, who wants to see Utah in the thing? Well, dude, no, that's not it, actually. Outside of the SEC, who wants to see Alabama again? Let's put Utah in there and change it up. <laughs> the other thing I'll say is you uh, mentioned on OU losing to the K-State Wildcats. I have a alumni of the Wildcats that's a real close friend with Tyler Lockett, and uh, she told me that Ema is their saying, right? Every man a Wildcat. So just a weird random sports yeah. story. I'm playing poker at Tulalip a few years ago, and this guy like throws down like a uh, full house, like jacks full of threes, and he starts calling me all these swear words and names. And I look at him, and I've got queens full of fours. So I throw down a bigger full house, and I'm like, Ema! <laughs> and like nobody knew what it meant. They thought it was some huge insult. So there's almost a fight. The guy that like, comes over the table at me, and they're breaking it up. So I, I told him. So all the Wildcat fans, man, I threw out Ema, and nobody up here knew what the hell that was. But every man a Wildcat, it's the K-State motto. And it can do some damage in a poker room. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, and also I noticed that Alabama dropped seven spots oh, yeah. to number 12. And, That's uh, what they should be. Yeah, and, and actually I was just doing some, some quick research. It looks like last time that they were out of the top 10 was four years ago. Was it that recent? I think so. I think so. I think so. From my quick research, Brian. Oh, wow. I, I, th- I could have thought it was more than 10 years ago. Well, I think, I think it was back in uh, about 2016. Okay. Oh, two th- yeah, 2000, wow. no, 2015. So I got an article. Well, here they're, they're right. you were, we were talking about the injury and everything uh, a couple weeks ago, but I, I, I don't think that that really should have played anything, any part of it. So the fact that they got thumped by Auburn, I'm very happy that that Iron Bowl played out the way it did, and Alabama is sitting right where they should be on the sidelines. 
All right. I'm very excited. That's 10 years that they, that they, I see, that's where I think their dominance was for that whole time. So I don't know. Maybe it happened four years ago because maybe they had a, a bad loss. They might be ranked outside the 10 four years ago, but they haven't finished outside the 10 in like oh, okay. 10 years. Because after these other games play out, some fool might put them back at nine. Yeah. So uh. let's see if they finish <laughs> outside the 10. <laughs> right on. Good point. All right. Let's move on to the NFL playoff picture. What's that shaping up to look like, Brian? Okay. This is fun for me. Uh, I'm going to start with the NFC because, uh, New Orleans is the one seed right now at 10 and 2. Seattle jumps to the the to the two seed at 10 and 2 because they beat San Francisco. So San Francisco with their 10 wins, they still drop to the 5 seed. So New Orleans 1, Seattle 2, they both get the buys if the playoffs were to happen today. So we all know that the playoffs aren't going to happen today cuz we've got 4 weeks left. But this is still fun to talk about. <laughs> so if you look at and I'm going to stop here on the on the on the 1, 2 and 5 seed for a second. Because if San Francisco goes to Minnesota or just to New Orleans and San Francisco loses to New Orleans, they're going to have three losses. New Orleans will have uh, two losses and... Oh, wait, hold on. I think I'm saying this backwards. Uh, anyway, um, the Seattle has their two losses. So if they go to the end of the season and they're tied, the, the, it can go down to the strength of victory, the fifth tiebreaker for the Seahawks. Because if, the, say, say San Francisco comes to Seattle and beats the, the, the Seahawks in the, in the last game of the season and they both finish 13-3. and Because I don't know if you remember last week, I said they're going to both finish 13-3. and I think the Seahawks are going to trip somewhere. And if they don't trip in the next three weeks, they're going to trip... They could trip against the 49ers. So if the 49ers have three losses because they oh because they lose to New Orleans, so then they've got three losses. So then how does it play out? Strength of victory would give them the the two seed. It's really weird because they both have their head to head would be split one to one. Their division record would be split because they would have only lost to each other. Then the uh, division against common uh, the, the record against common opponents would be the same because they would have both lost to New Orleans and they would have both lost to Baltimore, and. So if they both lose to New Orleans and they both lose to Baltimore, then we go uh, to the ne- to the next game, uh, to the next tiebreaker, and then that's uh, the conference record. They would both have the same conference record, and if they both have the same conference record, then you go to the fifth tiebreaker. The fifth tiebreaker, the fifth tiebreaker is strength of victory. Now th- this is the fun part because the strength of victory is all about who they who who they beat. So it's not about their strength of, of schedule, but it's the strength of victory. And the strength of victory comes down to Philadelphia and uh, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Green Bay, and oh shoot, now I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, the uh, uh, the Redskins because San Francisco played at Washington, and Washington has two less wins. Two, they have two less wins than the Eagles. So right now that gives the the, the Seahawks plus two. And then if you look at it uh, past that, the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers are the other opponents that, that they had victories against. So the Seahawks beat the, the Vikings, they're eight and four, and the, the, the Green Bay Packers are nine and three. So that gives San Francisco the edge. So San Francisco gets the edge on that opponent for their victory, and the, 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 the opponent for the Seahawks would then be uh, the Washington and Philadelphia scenario. So right now, the strength of schedule or strength of victory has the Seahawks at 45% and the 49ers at 41%. So that's where we sit on the, on the strength of victory piece right now. And so that, that's the intriguing part for me. So if you look past the, the, those scenarios right there, you still have the, the Cowboys in the uh, – they're at 6-6, six and six, so they're, they, they, they are, they are potentially going to be the division winners in the NFC East. So that, that even if they're 6-6 six and six right now, they, 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 they still have the advantage because Philadelphia didn't know how to go down to Miami and, and take that W. So uh, a lot of fun there. I mean, because really what could happen is San Francisco – San Francisco could play 
against Dallas, you know, from the 90s, just kind of reminiscence of those those late 80s, early 90s playoff games, San Francisco would have to go to Dallas because Dallas would get the home game. And uh, with them having to take the home game uh, just based on, on division wins. So maybe one day they'll realign how the, uh, how the playoffs are, are seeded. But right now, with, uh, with Dallas would take that advantage. So we're still looking at the wild cards of San Francisco and Minnesota. So that's where we sit with there. The Rams are on the outside looking in. Now, if the Rams go ahead and pull off the, the upset against the Seahawks, maybe that's a little bit different. Uh, don't think it's going to happen, but you never know on any given Sunday. The Bears are 6-6, six and six, and unless they can pull off something against the, the Cowboys, I think they're pretty much out of it. And then past that, you got five and seven teams. So, again, just to recap the NFC, uh, Seattle, if, if New Orleans, if it plays out the, the, the way where New Orleans gets the win against San Francisco, Seattle and San Francisco would have lost to Baltimore and they would have lost to the Saints. Those, they'd have the same common loss, so that way their conference record is going to be the same. So that strength of victory would all be about how well Philadelphia finishes the season because Philadelphia can finish the season stronger and because Washington stinks. Washington's two games further. Now, apparently Philadelphia wants to try and prove that they can stink too. So uh, it's going to come down to that. It's, a, it's virtually one game to create that fifth tiebreaker win for the Seahawks. They would win by like in, infinitesimal uh, decimal points in a percentage. Right. So that's the NFC. Okay. What, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, I have to I have to totally laugh at a situation that the uh, listeners did not get to witness. This was classic. So our power just went out in in our podcast room. Everything, all the lights went out. Everything but our recording equipment, which is good. Uh, and Charlie, luckily we had a third man. Charlie went and scrambled and grabbed a lamp, which is now on the center of our. And hopefully you guys didn't pick up on any of that, right? We could have just. Totally proceeded, but why not add this comedy, right, to, to the show? And so now we have a lamp. I want you guys to picture this. We have a lamp. The only light I was getting was off my laptop, by the way. A lamp, and that's it on the center of the table. And our lights are still off. It's dark. It was funny. But uh, we're moving on. Well, you know what's funny about that, too? It's because Charlie said, Brian, you can ad-lib. You got sports in your head. So <laughs> I, I was fine. But that was, like, the, the big point for me. I was, like, so excited about the strength of victory. I was, like, looking at the tiebreaker scenarios and, like, if the Saints win. Because then yeah. the Saints and the Ravens would have both beaten the, the 49ers. Because at, at the strength of victory for uh, the 49ers, because they, like, they haven't played the Saints yet. So, that they like we talked about it before, they haven't beaten any big opponents early. Yes, they beat Green Bay. But that's just taking Aaron Rodgers out of his element and just uh, giving him a big weapon, whacking. So, anyway, uh, super excited about how this could play out because and then the, the other argument is who do you guys want to i mean we'll, we'll get to it when we get there but don't answer it now but the idea is who do you want to win new orleans or san francisco because if you want new orleans to win then that means the seahawks stay in the number two spot if you want san francisco to win then that means the seahawks would jump into the number one spot but do you want to give up the just the dynamics the way it all plays out because then san francisco stays that much closer to us if san francisco wins so I mean, it, 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 the argument can go on and on. I've heard uh, several radio shows today just where they, they go back and forth and then they say, you're, I'm right, you're wrong, and then they, 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 they turn off the radio, they go to the next segment or whatever. So it's, it's a fun conversation for me because I could have it e either way, uh, but we'll get to the picks in a minute. Yeah, so in, on the NFC side of things, so I've got the, <clears throat> the Seahawks finishing still 14-2. and two. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, so number one seed, that puts them at number one. That, of course, has uh, New Orleans going down to... Uh, San Francisco, which we'll get into, I know, but that puts them at a 13-3, number two seed. Uh, Packers will still finish 12-4. and four. I said that last week. Uh, they'll be the number three seed. Uh, Dallas will finish 9-7. and seven. This is all based on their remaining schedule, as you know. Uh -huh. I went over this in detail last week. So Dallas will actually finish, uh, believe it or not, keeping the tiebreaker. Uh, oh, no, there won't be a tiebreaker because uh, Philadelphia is going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight, So 
long story short, here's your number one, two, three, and four is Seattle, New Orleans, Packers, Dallas. And then you've got number five, San Francisco, which seems weird, but they're there. 12 and four, they finish. Um, and then you've got uh, Minnesota, which will finish 11 and five at the number six. So that's what I've got for NFC. Charlie, any thoughts? I got a couple thoughts. So first of all, do you guys know what a W2G form is? Gambling. Oh. The W2G <laughs> form is a form you have to fill out if you have gambling, gambling. winnings yeah. uh, in excess of $5,000 that you must claim. So for 19 consecutive years on my IRS W2s at the <laughs> year, I fill out my taxes. I've had to fill out a W2G. So I know a little bit of thing about sports gambling. So let me tell you this. Here's what I see, and this will make you all happy as a Seahawks fan. Seattle has played their toughest remaining game in the regular season. How can you say that, Charlie? Well, the Vikings were their toughest. The Rams will be the second toughest. Carolina will be the third toughest, and the Cardinals will be the fourth toughest. And here's why I say that. <laughs> here's why I say that. Uh, I'm looking ahead because that's what I do. Through week 16, I-, I see the Saints losing to Tennessee. Take me back to Tennessee. Titans in, in, in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. They're going to run over them for 200 yards, man. They're getting hot. Henry is hot. Those guys are hungry. Uh, they beat the Saints. Uh, so that's going to have a loss for the Saints, right? Uh, and then... The 49ers are going to lose to the Falcons, baby. Everybody's playing for their coach's job right now. Yeah. They, they were right there with the Saints. They could have beat them, which is awesome. They're going to lose. That means yes. this weekend between the Saints and the Niners is irrelevant, right? So no matter which team wins, it benefits the Seahawks. But knowing they're each going to have a loss, Seattle's going to win out. I'm with Scott. So the last game between the Seahawks and 49ers, which I'll tell you right now is hilarious because if you go to NFL.com and you look at the prices of game tickets, it shows the cheapest seats available. You got 16 games that week. 15 of those games have a ticket price. Cheapest game price is 29 or in the 30s. Then you jump to Seattle 49ers game, and the cheapest ticket price right now is $379. Cheapest ticket price available. That game's going to be irrelevant. Both teams are going to rest their starters. So I don't really care who wins that game. Because by <laughs> then, it will be decided. Seahawks will be the number one seed because the Saints will have lost to Tennessee. Seahawks went out 14-2. and two. I'm with Scott. Niners are going to lose. They're going to lose to Atlanta at home. They don't even see it coming, man. It's coming. It's coming fast. So all I care about, I don't care if they win in Seattle. I don't care if they lose. I'm probably going to go to that game, but I don't care if they lose. I just care that they win the third time they're going to meet in Seattle at the NFC Championship game. This yeah. is the year, baby. Yeah. Seattle going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's what you need to know. <laughs> all right, right on. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win that Super Bowl, but we'll talk about that later on. Oh, no, they'll win. They'll get their redemption. Oh, yes, they will. Seattle will? Oh, yeah. Interesting. It, it, well, play, they're, what, yeah, they're going to play Baltimore. We'll get there. But. They'll, play, they'll play Baltimore. They'll lose. <laughs> and I love the Seahawks. So, All right, let's go to AFC side of things. Playoffs. All right, so uh, Baltimore obviously takes over the one seed because New England lost at Houston. Uh, and Brady played a horrible game. Uh, I don't care how many garbage time points, yards, completions, all that stuff he got at the end. Uh, the game was over, and uh, they lost. Houston thumped him. Uh, so I'm very excited that, he, that, that that played out the way it did because uh, Baltimore deserves to be the number one seed as we sit today. I think they'll run the table and – or do I? So Baltimore's one, New England's two. Houston uh, is the three seed now at eight and four. Kansas City is also there at eight and four. They're the four seed. They are the four seed because they lost to Houston. I think Houston will lose a game or two. They will definitely lose one of the two to Tennessee. So Kansas City, I think, is going to jump up into that third spot. But right now, Kansas City sits at four. Buffalo is the wild card at nine and three. Do they catch New England? They have a game against New England. They would split their head-to-head, and I have not looked at the tiebreaker if that actually happens, but uh, Buffalo, if, if they do. But now Buffalo's percentage uh, against winning opponents is, is low, uh, so they did go into Dallas and beat Dallas last week, so that's cool. But uh, they're 9-3, and, three, and they, gave, they, they, they won the schedule that was given to them, so 
th- th- good for them. But their I think their strength their strength of victory is still in the thirty percent area. So uh, not too impressed with what they've done so far. They do have a good defense, but they're sitting at the wild card, and I think that's what they're going to hold on to. Pittsburgh is the the sixth seed right now. They're seven and five. They have a better conference record than the Titans. Now Pittsburgh is going to go out of conference this week and play Arizona, and the Titans are going to go to Oakland and. We'll get to that one in a minute, but I really think the Titans are going to be stronger as the season plays out, and I think the Titans are going to take over that spot from Pittsburgh. So that's the AFC playoffs uh, as we look at it today. Yeah, and with the AFC playoffs, as I mentioned last week, I actually had Baltimore finishing as the number two seed, New England as number one. I flip-flopped those. They're both going to finish 14-2. and two. Brian, you predicted Baltimore is going to finish 13-3, and three, so somewhere you've got them losing a game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Baltimore is going to be number one, New England number two. Uh, I think it's going to be a coin toss in terms of of whether or not Houston or Kansas City finishes three or four, but those are your top four. And then I'm switching. I'm pulling away the Browns. I predicted the Browns were going to make the wild card. Mm -hmm. They lost, as you know. Um, And so I've got the Bills easily being in. They're going to finish 11-5, and five, and I'm uh, picking the Titans to yeah. actually be the, uh, the other team to make the wild card, which I think is what, basically what you're saying as well. So, Charlie, any thoughts on that? Hey, dude, I'll say this. Dun, 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 dun. This is the end of Tom Brady in New England. Oh, it is. Uh, he's going to play for Chicago next year, I'll call it now. <laughs> and uh, just because he wants to prove that he's his own man and doesn't have to live under, you know, the Darth Sith that is Bill Belichick. Um, and... I agree, man. Tennessee is impressing me. They're getting hot when they need to get hot, and they're running the ball. Great defense. Hey, great defenses win championships. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see Tennessee in the playoffs. So I, you guys are you guys are spot on with what we're looking at. Um, and Tennessee's about to get hot, so keep an eye on them. That's funny, Tom Brady in Chicago. Because the, the idea was Cam Newton in Chicago, and I, I, where's Cam going to actually land? And Tom Brady, he's going somewhere. Because if his house really was for sale and if he actually sold it, I have no idea. But the idea that he's going to kind of like – He's going to pull a Joe Montana and go play for Kansas State or another team. So we'll see. Nice. All right, we're going to get into week 14 picks now. So uh, we're going to start uh, with uh, Thursday night football, Dallas Cowboys at Chicago Bears. Who do you like uh, there, Brian? Well, I, I just like the fact that I get to watch Thursday night football. I don't really think either one of these teams is exciting. I actually picked Dallas to win big last week against Buffalo, and boy, was I wrong. You're supposed to win these big home games, and, and Prescott's supposed to go after his contract, but I, I guess neither one of those were in the in – the, <laughs> the, the writing wasn't on that wall that, that last week. I don't know. They both collectively have one win against a winning opponent. And that was, uh, I, well, I don't even have it written down, but I, I, I forgot. But Chicago has, they beat somebody <laughs> at a winning record. <laughs> but the, the Cowboys have not beaten anybody with a winning record. So now the Bears are 6-6. Six and six, So if Dallas goes in and takes this game, it's not really a winning record. Um, a lot of coaching scrutiny. Jerry Jones can say one thing and then the next day turn around and, and completely have a different story. So uh, it, it's kind of... Uh, well, to me, it's kind of annoying to listen to the guy. Uh, and I grew up the Cowboy fan, and I'll say it every week. Uh, I grew up the Cowboy fan, and Jerry Jones came in and, and ousted everybody, and I was, like, annoyed. Then they go on and win, and Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and all that. That's great. Uh, but as all these years continue to go on, he's not a general manager. Let someone else do it. But he will sit there and say that he is. Um, there's some injuries for Dallas. Um, I'm not really too concerned because they've played through them before. Um, I, I think Dallas takes this game uh, just because they need to. They need to, like show that they're worthy of hosting a playoff game and not go and pull off a 7-9 and nine record to get into the playoffs and host it. So <laughs> I really don't want to see that again. I mean, it was fun several years ago, but uh, I think Dallas goes to Chicago and wins. Well, to finish number four, which is what I predicted in the playoff picture for the NFC, they're going to need to win this game, and I've got them winning this game as well. Um, you've got uh, lots of injuries, uh, in my opinion, lots of key injuries on the Chicago Bears side. So Taylor Gabriel, uh, obviously one of their better wide receivers, is out. Um, uh, they have an outside 
uh, lineman, um, or excuse me, an uh, uh, offensive lineman, uh, Bobby Massey, is out as well. And then their linebacker, Danny Trevathan, is also out. And to add insult to injury, cornerback Prince uh, Amukamara, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's doubtful. He's doubtful, yep. So, um, and the Cowboys don't look as bad on the, on the injury standpoint. And so I'm picking Dallas to win this on the road. Weird side note about Prince. He has five sisters, and they're all older, and they're all named with P, like, princess uh patience perseverance something like that so it's kind of funny anyway uh yeah dallas is gonna roll here man you, you know an old tiger sensing that the end is near is that it's most dangerous and the cowboys are in danger of losing uh their coach and getting out of the playoffs not winning the division uh the the nfc least is the worst division in football but yeah, it's it coming is. it's gonna come down to the last game of the year it's gonna be the cowboys playing the eagles um and so, you know, what the NFL is holding off on right now is, you know, which game is more meaningful, that game or the Seahawks 49ers. They're going to have to announce that week 16. But uh, my premonition is it'll be the Eagles-Cowboys because they'll both be like 8-7 and seven and whoever wins goes 9-7 and seven, wins the division. So, so actually, I, I have it, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Cowboys and Eagles play in week 16. Yes, you're correct there. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Yes, they do. So, all right. So moving on, we've got, uh, wait, hold on a second. Because that could be two Sunday night yep, games. Yep. Well, well, do they do Sunday night games in the last week of the season? They flex. Oh, that's right. Duh, the Rams and <laughs> they just don't do a Monday night. Yeah, that's right. That, and because they flex that the Rams. Uh, they the, flex it in week sixteen. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So they'll be playing on the twenty second. Uh, Cowboys at uh, Philadelphia. All right. Let's move on to Carolina at Atlanta. Who do you like there, Brian? Well, Carolina. Let's go with their coach. Ron Rivera will land somewhere else uh, and uh, do very well. I mean, he was doing all this with an undrafted free agent, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen was uh, obviously, he looked great early in the season, but then people figured him out. He was undrafted for a reason, so uh, let's go with that. Uh, McCaffrey's great, but he can't do it all by himself. Um, they do have a good defense, so I think that uh, they can rebound. They just they need to figure out if they're going to keep Cam Newton or if they're going to move forward with something else. Um, so they're they're struggling, and they, they proved it last week when they played Washington. Uh, Atlanta, uh, this is all about Dan Quinn. Uh, he's, how does he close out the season? Because he's, he's a worthy coach. So I, I say that they win this game, um, even though Ryan was sacked nine times last week. They did get all those onside kick recoveries, three of them if you count them, uh, even though one was negated by a penalty. I don't understand. I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate that they lost, but New Orleans got lucky and escaped that one. New Orleans could have gotten swept by Atlanta uh, this year, but uh, they they pulled that one out uh, sneakily on Thanksgiving. Uh, but they did have a good defense, so I don't think the same thing happens to Atlanta this week. And I think Atlanta pulls this one out. Interesting. Well, I, I've got Carolina winning this one, uh, just for the record, and uh, I don't think it's going to be an easy win for them for sure, especially on the road. But uh, Christian McCaffrey, even though he, he's not the MVP uh, caliber that we had originally talked about earlier in the season, um, he's still number two in rushing yards, 1,167 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Brian is uh, tied for second best in the NFL. So they've got a lot of th- good things going on in the rushing game. Um, they do have some, some question, uh, questionable injuries in terms of Greg Olson, for example, is questionable. He had a concussion, might not play. Eric Reed, their safety, has an ankle injury, didn't practice. Um, and then Shaq Thompson, their linebacker, questionable as well, missed practice. And then two offensive tackles as well, also questionable. That being said, Atlanta's injury report looks like a roster for, uh, for a team. There's several people on the Atlanta injury report. Austin Hooper, Desmond Trufant, Calvin Ridley, uh, Julio Jones, um, all questionable to play. So even let's say that some of them do play, 
I don't know how great they're going to be. So I am picking Carolina to win this on the road. Hey, fellas, I'm going uh, with Atlanta. And, and here's why. You, you listen, words matter, right? You got an owner in Carolina that's saying, we cannot accept sustained mediocrity and fires the most winning coach in his franchise history, right? So the players are probably sitting over there going like, why am I playing for this guy, man? I hope I get traded to Seattle. Uh, you know, so I just don't see Carolina giving much of an effort. Anyone that's injured on the Carolina is going to stay injured. If they're, if they're questionable, they're not going to play. Where Atlanta, if they're questionable, they're going to play. I see Julio Jones in there. I see those guys rallying and playing, even injured for their coach because they love their coach. You know, this is an Atlanta victory. Yeah, because to your point on that, Olsen uh, loves Rivera, and he, he's very outspoken about it. So the fact that he's on the injury report, if he clears concussion protocol, you're right. He's probably not going to want to play, or he's going to play to where he doesn't care. I actually, I actually can see that happening just based on how much the media and all the other players love that man. Well, and the concussion protocol test is a memory relapse test. So maybe he, oops, forgets a couple yeah. things and doesn't clear his percussion <laughs> protocol so he doesn't have to be the bad guy. But he ain't going to play. He's yeah. not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right, let's move on to uh, what I think is going to shape up to be a pretty good game. Baltimore at Buffalo. All right, so Baltimore at Buffalo. So Baltimore has the number one scoring team at 34 points a game. They have the number two total yards at 421, only behind Dallas. They have the number one rushing team at 208 yards per game. The next closest team is like 150 yards, and that's San Francisco. There's a good 60-yard disparity between how good Baltimore is running, and Baltimore runs better now. No team has ever run for a year-long average over 200 yards, so it's very likely that it's going to happen this year. Um, and like I said, J Jackson is 23 yards. He's shy of 1,000 yards. And then Michael Vick's record is 1,039, which was set in 2006. So he's only 63 yards away from that. So I think he gets the 1,000 and he gets, the, he gets Michael Vick's record in this game in Buffalo. So, oh, too bad. It's not in front of his home fans. I don't really think he cares because uh, they've had some good victories recently. But still, nothing to celebrate here. The game will just continue and there won't be any stoppage. They'll just, they'll just go. So uh, that's where, where, where we sit right now. Now, the last five games for Jackson, those are the impressive ones. Because he's played Seattle, he's played Houston, he's played New England, so he's played some some and San Francisco. He's played some good games. Fourteen touchdowns, zero interceptions, seventy three percent completion rating, one hundred and thirty seven rating. He's had two perfect games this year, so he might not be the most efficient passer, but he's very effective. He only threw for hundred yards last week. He rushed for hundred yards, so it sounds like it's only two hundred yards total offense. It was in the rain. They were playing San Francisco, top defense, so it all makes sense to me. They're going up against Buffalo this week. Buffalo has the third-ranked defense. Points per game, Buffalo only gives up 16 points a game. Now, we talked about their schedule earlier. They don't play the, the, the best, the strongest opponents, but you play who you play. You play who you're scheduled. So they, they've given up 16 points. They've only given up 300 yards. That's also a third. Their passing yards is only 196, so they're going to obviously probably do better there because Lamar Jackson doesn't really throw a whole lot, and if the pass defense is ranked third, they're probably not going to do that. So you maybe get 100 yards out of Jackson just like he did last week against... Um, San Francisco, but I don't know. Is that enough? So, like I said, Buffalo's only beaten one team with a winning record. And when they beat that team with a winning record, it was Tennessee. Tennessee did not have a winning record. They went on the road, though, so, hey, it was a good road win for Buffalo. So they're only 2-3 and three versus teams that are 5-7 and seven right now. So even teams that are kind of close to 500, they're still not doing that well against them. Um, so I, I, it, was really, it was really fun. I, and I didn't get to see um, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network this week on Tuesday morning, but I wanted to see Angry Runs. So if either one of you saw Angry Runs, I want to know, did, uh, did Alan win uh, the, the Angry Run? Or was he at least nominated for the Angry Run? Because I absolutely love, there's so many segments on that show that I absolutely love. So that's one of them, and it's a Tuesday morning segment, and I missed it. So um, 
just to recap uh, the whole thing, Buffalo has a good defense, but they have a weakness stopping the run because they give up four and a half yards a, a, a rush. So I think Lamar Jackson can easily do more than four and a half yards a rush if they're not stopped. I think Tremaine Edmonds and Oliver and Williams on the defensive side of the ball for Buffalo can do enough to contain Lamar Jackson, and I think Buffalo takes the win. Interesting. I have this as a blowout, actually. For Baltimore? So, for Baltimore, <laughs> yep. They're going to win by at least 10 points, at least 10 points. Um, easily, Brian. I don't know. I, I can't understand, although I'm, I'm looking at Charlie. Char- Charlie's giving me the evil eye. We'll see what he says here in a second. Uh, but, you know, Jackson, as you, as you pointed out, he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher. He's a quarterback. I mean, that's crazy. I heard there's a lot of teams actually wanting to trade for him to be their next running back. <laughs> and he'd be a good running back. <laughs> seven rushing touchdowns, actually. Seven rushing touchdowns. I think that qualifies as third best in the NFL. Uh, anyways, 25 of five, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions. That's it. 109.6 passer rating. Amazing. The guy is phenomenal. It's going to be a blowout. I don't have nothing more to say. There's no injuries that are going to be key, by the way, in this game as but well. But eventually, so. they're going to come back and they're going to come, come figure <laughs> him out. Just Vince Young with Texas, he did so well. And then he goes to the NFL and he does, he does good. He gets rookie of the year. And then all of a sudden, everybody figures out the running quarterback. I don't think that Lamar Jackson can't be figured out. So I think that uh, I'm not saying I, I, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I say I'm, say I'm saying Buffalo can figure it out this week. But I'm saying as we go forward, uh, this is Baltimore's time right now. And uh, did they peak too soon? We talked about it before. Uh, maybe they didn't peak too soon. Maybe a loss was kind of set them right, and they'll be okay, and they'll, they'll, they'll go forward. But I, I don't think they're going to be the perfect team that, uh, that they have played out against all these strong opponents. I think they trip up here. Okay, interesting. Charlie, <laughs> what do you think? All right, guys, here's the funny thing. I got three things for you. We're going to say a timeline, some names, and some numbers. So here's the timeline. I, I think uh, Baltimore peaked too soon, right? The last game uh, against the 49ers, rain, rain, you know, is a deterrent to team speed. So I think the two Seahawks games they've lost, uh, their defense team speed has been wiped out by rain against mm-hmm. the Saints and against Baltimore. Um, and we saw the 49ers team speed was wiped out last week. You know, three-point victory, uh, that's a close game. And I think they've peaked too soon. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's some names for you. Traverius White. Cornerback. Levi Wallace. Okay, those guys are on an island a lot of time in the Bills' defense. Traverius has 14 pass defenses and two forced fumbles. Levi, he's only played half the season because the injury has nine passes defended more than forced fumble. So they're not afraid to put somebody out there on the island, right? Another number for you, 230 yards or less. So Lamar Jackson hasn't passed for more than 230 yards since week three. So if I'm Buffalo, I'm like, you know what? Let's stack that box. Let's dare him to run. Here's some other numbers. 70, 68, 76, 109, 60, 45, 95, 42, 75. Those are the rushing totals against the Bills. So while people think they don't have a, like a per rush average, uh-huh. over the course of the game, they're holding people on 100 yards a lot of the time. And if their defense can hold, everyone thinks this vaunted Baltimore defense is so great. Listen to this. How about we give you a taste of your own medicine? Here's another name, Devin Singletary. On the season, he has a 5.6 per yard, a yard per average rush. Okay, here's the impressive part. When they are uh, when they're when they're behind, he has a four point nine rushing yard average. When they're ahead and they're trying to run clock, he has a six point nine yard average, okay, with the lead. So you know they're coming to run, you know they're running clock, you're gonna try to stop him, and he gets better. Six point nine. Uh, I think this is the game people don't see coming. I think that the, the, the Baltimore's peaked too soon. It's in Buffalo's house. And after losing four Super Bowls in a row, yeah. Buffalo's got some <laughs> karma due them. So I think they get this game. I think this is something fairly low scoring, like 23-20. Um, but I think Buffalo shows the NFL how you stop a running quarterback is you have two 
badass cornerbacks that are able to shut people down. Yep. And that's what they've been doing all year, man. That's what they did to Dallas. They made fun of Dallas. They were poking fun. Ezekiel Elliott, top two running back in the league next to maybe the Giants running back, right? Ezekiel Elliott, what do you have, 49 yards? And then they've got those two other defensive players, Tremaine Edmonds and, and Oliver. Uh, yeah. Oliver's got four sacks in three games, and, and Tremaine Edmonds has already over 90 tackles. They're both young when they're first or second. Yeah. Third, well, Edmonds might be in his third year. Oliver's in his first. So both playing strong yep. to complement those guys playing yeah. on their island. Where, where he struggled, where they've, I'd say, barely won. Seahawks have barely won a lot, so it's not really <laughs> a stat, but uh, wins a win. But uh, where Baltimore's barely won is against 4-3 defense. That's what, that's what Bills are playing, and they're playing lights out on the defensive side of the ball. They lost 16-10 to New England when New England's defense was the best it's been all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got the upset this week, guys. Interesting. So rushing yards. So 49ers uh, have been keeping opponents to 94 rushing yards uh, in this last game they played against Baltimore. And yet they, Baltimore, including Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson rushed for over 100 yards in that game. And the team overall rushed for over 200 yards. And so I get you on the, on the whole Buffalo might, might be able to figure it out with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. But if the 49ers weren't able to figure it out, a totally legitimate team, I don't think Buffalo will. That's my that's my thought. But on a, on a stat level too, though, you look at Minnesota. They were they were allowing 98 yards a game coming into this the game against the Seahawks, and, the, and they allowed over 200 yards to the Seahawks. Yeah. So, it's what was the difference? It didn't rain in the Seahawks right. game, and it rained in that 49ers Baltimore game. So if the weather's clear in Baltimore, it can be clear as a bell and colder than hell. Buffalo wins. If it pours down rain, which it rarely does in Buffalo. It's going to be snow if it's anything. Yeah, if it, Buffalo, yeah. I think, got this. This will be a good game. We're all excited about yeah, this. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. All right. Just just in case you're listening at home, it is not supposed to rain in Buffalo. So it's supposed to be 45 okay. degrees and sunny. There you go. All right. Moving on. <laughs> We're going to go to Cincinnati at Cleveland. Oh, this is going to be a good good uh, conversation. What do you think, Brian? Well, <laughs> Cleveland, uh, man, okay. For those of you that don't know, and, and in case you already know, I'll just remind you. I grew up in Ohio, and my older sister is a Browns fan uh, forever. Um, so living in Ohio and, and going through all this with Cleveland losing to Denver all the time, everything that was important to Cleveland, they lost. So they ran through their quarterbacks, and they, they continued to lose. Last week, they had a chance to beat Pittsburgh. Their third-string quarterback, no less, and Cleveland could not figure it out. They lost another important game. So uh, they're five and seven now, and they're out of the playoff race. Uh, so I, basically, Cincinnati doesn't matter. So I'm going to pick Cleveland to win, uh, even though uh, there's all the turmoil around Kitchens just being the, the, big, the big bully and the, the bad coach. Uh, he wore the wrong T-shirt to the movies, and he decided to show the world so that way someone could take a picture to create his own controversy. And, uh, the controversy goes further than that because Landry and OBJ didn't even want to talk to the media after the game. After they lose to Pittsburgh, they just left. So typically everybody talks, and I mean, unless you're Richard Sherman, you pretty much don't have a reason to not talk to the media. Well, these two guys, these two LSU guys just decided, well, we're just going to be buddies again, and we're not going to talk to the media. So there's a whole bunch of turmoil in Cleveland, and they got to figure it out. Uh, Dalton's not the answer in Cincinnati. I mean, he's done great, the old horn Frog, but he's not, he's not going to remedy their situation. Cleveland wins. Yeah, I've got Cleveland <laughs> winning this one as well. And, and the reason I'm laughing is because how many times have we picked Cleveland to win? Oh, my gosh. I'm actually embarrassed to say that. Uh, and I still think Mayfield sucks, man. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. And you know what? Last week I, I called him throwing two interceptions. He threw one. So, but he's back to his old self. Um, that well, he, should, but he hurt his hand. Oh, yeah. Well, he is on the injury he, he, report. He said, he said his mama didn't raise a wussy, so he's going to play. But uh, he hurt his hand, and you know that's part of the reason why they lost, apparently. So 15 touchdowns, 14 interceptions is what he uh, oh, has so, so far He's Jameis Winston's best friend. Got it. Yeah, no, that's that's why Tom Brady is going to Cleveland. 
<laughs> Hence your guys' message on that earlier. So 79.9 quarterback rating. He's a starting quarterback. He sucks. I'm, I'm sticking with that. And you know what? And actually, I've got, well, I, as I mentioned earlier, the playoff picture, uh, Browns are out. Um, they, they lost their chance last week. So, um, yeah, Cleveland easily takes this one. I, actually, I shouldn't say easily because Andy Dalton actually did look pretty good coming back last week. But, uh, but nonetheless, Cleveland's going to win. Hey, look, he, he may suck, right? But he could throw left-handed, and they're going to beat the Bengals because the owner is going to implement <laughs> fines if they win another game. They've got a lock on the first overall pick. Yep. they got a lock on getting their quarterback of the future. The red rifle is obviously not the answer. Cincinnati, the Bungles, like back in the day when they, you know, you'd rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Chris Berman called them the Bungles, and they've been that way forever. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is Cleveland's game to lose because uh, Cincinnati doesn't want to win. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that a Beavis and Butthead? Uh, did you say bunghole? The Cleveland bunghole or the, the Cincinnati bungholes? <laughs> All right. I need TB for my bunghole. All right. Let's move on. Washington at Green Bay. All right. So Green Bay takes this one. They've got uh, the Bears. After this game against Washington, they got the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. They, they run the gauntlet in their own division. They've got two of those games on the road. So they need this one. They'll get this one. The Redskins have a few injuries, um, basically a couple linebackers, a couple wide receivers. One of the wide receivers, Paul Richardson. Oh, I'm so sorry. You left the Seahawks. So, no, I'm not because um, we're, we're just fine without you because he left for more money, and he was doing okay that last year. But uh, he's one of the injuries because he's got – I think he's been injured every year. He's been in Washington for all. I know. Um, but I think the Rodgers rebounds. Uh, Devontae Adams had two touchdowns last week, and he plays well. Uh, Lazard, I think, had a great game. Three, cat, three for three. So he caught everything that was thrown to him and 103 yards and a touchdown. So he might be the second receiver, kind of like the Seahawks have built up their receiving core over the years. Uh, even losing Doug Baldwin, we figured it out in Seattle. So I think Green Bay is leaning on a lot on Lazard as they've played through. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, he's not just a running back, so I think that they do better when Lafleur uses him in running and passing situations. Uh, I think they proved it. I think it was Kansas City when when they had a really good game because he did both. So I think if he does both, it'll make it even easier. I think Green Bay doesn't have a problem with Washington. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to rebound easily in this game. I, I've got uh, Green Bay winning this as well, uh, especially because they're giving playing at home. And just a quick side note: so Aaron Rodgers, twenty-two touchdowns, only two interceptions. If he can maintain that through his last four games, uh, he will tie the NFL record with Tom Brady, as we've talked about multiple weeks on this show. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the other one with only two interceptions, so it'll be interesting to see if either one of them can finish uh, because nobody wants Tom Brady to go down in history as being the only person with only two Yeah, but I'm not a Rodgers fan, so I don't want Rodgers to go down in that record book either, so <laughs> let's cheer for Mahomes as we go forward over the next several years, and Rodgers can just retire. Sounds good. All right, Green Bay is winning. That's my pick. Uh, Charlie? Look, it's really hard. Uh, Oakland has two more home games, and then Washington will become uh, – Oakland moves to Las Vegas, for those of oh. you who don't know. Then Washington becomes the worst stadium in the league to play on. That grass is terrible. Mm-hmm. So you have the worst stadium and the worst owner. Like, boom, boom, like double whammy, right? So Green Bay wins, no interceptions, four touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a prima donna at this point. He's angry that he lost in, you know, to the 49ers in Santa Clara. Uh, he's going to just go off, and they're going to make sure he gets his day in the sun. So, you know, four touchdowns, 300-plus yards, no, no interceptions. Washington certainly doesn't want to win for their owner, and they don't want to get injured on that field. They're playing in Green Bay, so don't have to worry about it. Uh, but it'll be great. All right, sounds good. So I don't know that we need to spend a whole lot of time in this next game. Detroit at Minnesota. Brian? 
Oh, what David like Blau, that? come on. He threw two touchdowns. He, he started off super hot, but then again, he was a one-trick pony. He threw the bomb, and he threw the bomb to no one covering his receiver. Uh, no, sorry. When it happened, I was excited for him because I was like, whoa, this is going to be a, an upset in the making. So it was exciting to watch the beginning, and then you kind of like just kind of stop watching because Chicago kind of started to take control. But anyway, uh, they're one of three teams to hold a lead in every game, the, the, the Detroit Lions are. So that's pretty impressive to have a lead and be up there with a three and eight and one, whatever their record is, three, nine. Oh, I don't know what it is. Uh, they haven't won in a long time. So the fact that they've held the lead in every game is, is kind of cool. Uh, the 49ers and Chiefs are the other two teams that have done that. So uh, kind of understandable with the 49ers and Chiefs because they're good teams. But Detroit, hello. Um, now, Minnesota without Dalvin Cook. Well, is Dalvin Cook, I'm, I'm assuming, is questionable with a clavicle injury last week. And Stefan Diggs with his ankle. Did you guys see that play? They got injured on the same, the same play. Uh, so they were both down on the field. And I mean, that's sad if you're a Minnesota fan watching that at home, but, uh, so, so sorry, not, but, uh, Minnesota's eight and four. They're going to, they got, they got at the chargers next week, a game that got flexed out of Sunday night football because the chargers stink. So Minnesota is going to play in, in a one o'clock game on the West coast. Then they're going to play green Bay and the bears to end the season. So they got a big game in week 16. Oh, there's another week 16 game. You got Philly and the Dallas and you got Minnesota and, Oh, it's going to be Minnesota green Bay flex to Sunday night football. Um, so Minnesota wins this one pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, it's going to it's going to be a blowout. I've got Minnesota winning this as well. Um, just a couple quick notes uh, for Minnesota fans: Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, both top ten in their position. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked actually pretty good against the Seahawks uh, this last week, um, but overall he's twenty three touchdowns, only four interceptions, one hundred eleven point nine uh, is a quarterback rating. That is good enough for number two in the NFL. Um, I'll tell you who number one is later on, um, but number two in the NFL in terms of quarterback rating, and then Dalvin Cook is number four, uh, 1,046 rushing yards, um, and 12 touchdowns, which is good enough for number one in the NFL. All right, Charlie, who do you got winning this? You know, most people know that uh, Russell Wilson owns a portion of the Sounders, uh, but Little pe people really don't realize that he also owns the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's undefeated <laughs> against Minnesota and uh, looked that way even when they didn't play their best on Monday night. The Vikings, however, they get Thielen back, and you like that, don't you? You like that, don't you? So they're going to get Thielen back. They're going to roll. It's a Minnesota win. Right on. All right, here's a good game. San Francisco at New Orleans. Wow. We could probably just breeze right through this one, huh? No pun intended. Ah. <laughs> hey, I'll start with San Francisco losing to two mobile quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. They, uh, they beat Kyler Murray twice, but barely. So they're two and two against those mobile quarterbacks. And uh, the, those mobile quarterbacks had a hundred rating against the 49ers in those games. So now the 49ers are doing really great among, um, against the other, uh, the other quarterbacks. They're eight. No, those quarterbacks that they played that weren't mobile have a 51 rating. So basically, they stink. Um, but they also beat lesser profile quarterbacks. They beat Winston. They beat Dalton, Rudolph, Baker, Goff, Keenum, and Kyle Allen. Now, they did also beat Aaron Rodgers. But think about those other seven quarterbacks. They're, they're not really worthy of much. So they do have a great defense. I'm not going to take that away from them. They, they've, they've proven that, uh, how they played against the Seahawks and how they played against the, the Ravens. But they have a couple injuries on their offense. They've kind of played through these injuries the entire season. Some people come off, they, they go back on. But Matt Breida and Dante Pettis, I'm not really worried about Pettis, but Matt Breida, he's questionable with an ankle. And then on the defensive side, D. Ford is upgraded to questionable with a hamstring. Uh, he was out the last couple of games. And then uh, Richard Sherman is questionable with a knee, but Richard Sherman's been questionable a lot and still plays. So not really too worried about that. So that's where San Francisco sits. They don't do well against the mobile quarterback. Now, Breeze is not mobile, 
but Breeze has the fastest release rate in the NFL. And so as soon as the ball snapped, he can throw it. He has a tight end in Cook. He has a running back in Kamara. And he has Michael Thomas, the best receiver in the NFL. So it doesn't matter what option he's looking at. He's got a, like I said, wide receiver, tight end, and running back. He can throw it anywhere he wants as quickly as he wants. So I think that that's going to play a big part in this game. I think Breeze is Hall of Fame worthy. Breeze wants this to be his year because he got snubbed the last two years. Um, so I think they're trying to get the one seed. They're trying to make it back to the Super Bowl. They're trying to get Breeze his, his uh, swan song, if that's the right word. Um, I think that they're in a good spot. Their defense also ranks fifth with 40 sacks. So their defense knows how to get up in their people's faces and make it dirty. Cameron Jordan had four sacks last week. He has 13 and a half sacks uh, total for the year. So uh, if Miles Garrett was still playing, maybe he'd throw a competition out there to Miles Garrett. Oh, wait, he's not. So it's just Cameron Jordan right now. Um, I actually don't know who the league leader is, but 13 and a half sacks is, is very impressive for him right now. So uh, I know Kiko Alonso is out, a linebacker for, or questionable, sorry, uh, with a thigh injury. So he'll probably play. This is a really big game. I think New Orleans <laughs> takes this one. New Orleans. Oh, interesting. All right. I'm going to stick with uh, the 49ers on this, on the road even, um, against the, the great Saints. Um, but uh, here, here's why. The 49ers look so amazing against Baltimore, it'd be really hard for me to, to bet against them against New Orleans because I think Baltimore is a way better team than New Orleans, in my opinion. Um, they get Matt Breda back, so he's back this week. They didn't even need him last week. That, that, that guy, Raheem Mostert or something like that. <laughs> don't even know who that guy is. I don't think anybody did, really. But he came out of nowhere and totally rolled against uh, Baltimore. So uh, they've got Breda. They've got that guy. <laughs> and uh, I think they're going to take this easily. Charlie? You know, here's the thing. Uh, rain negates team speed. Can't negate the 49ers team speed in the dome. So I've got the, I've got the 49ers winning, you know, three, but three to, three to six points. Here's the only way I see New Orleans winning. And I'll think back to an, uh, an old Animal House quote, right? So you got Dean Wormer. He's got him in the office. He's talking to the president of the council, and he says, put Niedermeyer on it. He's a sneaky little shit just like you, right? So I think if the Saints can get, uh, <laughs> you know, can get Camaro going, get the, you know, 60% run, and they can put Peyton Hill in there at quarterback and uh, treat him like Lamar, Lamar Jackson, maybe at home they get a couple ref calls because the, the Saints always get BS ref calls at home. Uh especially after what happened to them last year against the Rams. This year, they're getting every bogus call going their way. So, But I, I got the Niners. I got the Niners taking it by three, uh, and I feel this game's irrelevant. So whoever wins, we're in good shape. So, if, you know, <laughs> Seattle's played their toughest game of the year. Who the 49ers? That's right. Who the 49ers? Yep, that's who we think is going to win. <laughs> at least two out of three of us. <laughs> All right, let's go to Miami at the Jets. What right. an exciting game this is going to be. Hey, Miami beat the Jets early in the season, and that's when Miami started their hot streak <clears throat> on November 3rd. Uh, so I say the Jets win this one. Devontae Parker, though, I swear, he tore it up, though, against the Eagles. And why, why the Eagles didn't cover him, I, I don't know. If you have one stud on your team and you let them go play single coverage uh, and he tears you up for 150-plus, uh, shame on the Eagles. But uh, I, I think the Jets figure it out. The Jets have a better defense. They have a better run defense. So... If they spread it out, I think they still figured out the Jets win this one pretty easily going away. Interesting. Uh, I'm just going to keep this short and just say uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Miami uh, <laughs> to win this. I think uh, Fitzmagic uh, has uh, – Brian, you called them as being hot. They actually looked pretty good this last week. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Miami on this one. Charlie. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. If you think Fitzmagic's going to get hot, he disappoints you. Every like year. Closer towards the end of the year, the worse <laughs> he plays. Uh, Miami, 
is terrible. And they really they terrible. really they really want Harbaugh to get fired at Michigan so they can hire him. And they really, really want to take the Oregon quarterback. So I think they're gonna try to lose. Right on. All right. Well, that was easy. <laughs> Let's move on to <laughs> Indianapolis at Tampa Bay. All right. So uh, Indianapolis, I think, just lacks the firepower. I mean, Tennessee came back and swarmed them as the game ended with everything you can imagine, a block punt. Uh, so I, I think Tennessee was just the hotter team that just waited a little bit too long to, to, to knock out Indianapolis. So I think they're going to go down to Tampa. And as much as Bruce Arians doesn't want to necessarily back Winston publicly, he had earlier in the season. So uh, Winston is a talent, but... I think he can win the game. I just don't know if he's going to remain in Tampa Bay after the, after the season because they probably don't want to pay him. So we'll see how it plays out because they're 5-7. and seven. It's not to say that they can't move up and get another another top quarterback and pay nothing for him and then rebuild around that. So that's Tampa's option. I still think that they have a good talent in Winston, even though he turns it over a bunch. So we'll just see how it plays out because I'm not impressed with Brissett, and I know Charlie is not as well. Um, I mean, if you don't have the firepower to, to throw the ball deep, then w- what are you really playing for? The, the Colts end the season at the Saints on Monday Night Football, and they host the Panthers, and then they're at the Jags. So it seems like the last two games would be pretty easy. So, I mean, they, they might finish 9-7. and seven. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I really think Tampa takes this game. Yep, I've got Tampa winning this as well. So, yeah, Winston, number two, by the way, NFL quarterback in terms of passing yards, uh, 22 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Um, he's a, a basically a better caliber quarterback than Baker Mayfield is what I get from that, <laughs> with a slightly better quarterback rating at 82.7. But you know what? He takes enough risk, and he throws enough passing yards uh, to win this uh, at home against Indy. Charlie? Yeah, I, I, I've got Tampa Bay, and uh, it's at Tampa Bay. And here's the thing. I love Jameis Winston. And here's why. 103 career turnovers. He's two, two years of starting away from taking away uh, the turnover record from a man, Dave Craig. And I'm hoping Winston can do that and move <laughs> Dave Craig to second place all time on turnovers. You know, as Austin Powers said, Dave Craig was like a carny. Small hands. So you couldn't trust him. But I love Dave Craig's heart. And I really hate it that he's the number one, uh, you know, uh, quarterback for turnovers in the league from his long career. I just hope Winston can get traded to somebody and start for somebody like, you know, I don't know, Miami and get two more years at this rate and just knock Craig down to number two for total turnovers. Go Winston, baby. Go. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, Denver at Houston. Who do we like there? Uh, Houston uh, in, in a big way. So uh, Houston, uh, Watson threw three touchdowns last week, and he caught another one. I don't know if it was really a lateral or back. I mean, a back lateral or an actual catch. But anyway, he outplayed Tom Brady last week, and he got to say, "Hey, you know what? Before you retire, Tom Brady, I got you." So I, I know that Houston had prior to that point had been like one in ten or something really ridiculous. So. Uh, at that point of what Watson did last week, the, the, the Patriots had only allowed four touchdowns total, pa- four passing touchdowns total all season. And uh, if, if that lateral that was a pass was actually a pass, then it's four touchdowns for Houston last week before Tom Brady staged that uh, fake comeback. So uh, super, impressed with what <laughs> Houston, super impressed with what Houston did last week. So they're going to uh, they're gonna own Denver at home this week. <laughs> I actually, I don't know why, I actually thought they were going to come back. That was that was. Shame on me. Shame on me. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Houston easily. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it. We, have a, we actually do have a lot of listeners in Denver. And, hey, I've got a soft spot in my heart for the Broncos. Hey, I picked Denver last week. Whoop, whoop. Yep. But, uh, but it's, it's not uh, happening this, this week for you guys. Um, you know, you got number eight uh, quarterback in, uh, in the NFL, 3,133 yards. 
Uh, Watson has 23 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, 105.9 quarterback rating. And guess what? The number two wide receiver in the league, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, Houston easily wins this. Yes. And, they do, no, and they do it really well, though, too, because now Fuller's back. So it's, it's, it makes it easier. Because even though Hopkins doesn't get 100 yards a game, it doesn't matter because, uh, like I said last week, all their crossing routes, everything they do to confuse the defense, because who's he going to throw it to? And then he can scramble. So he also has two running backs. Yeah, they're good. They're not great. But they have it figured out. On, well, they have a lot figured out on offense. I think they win it easily. Yeah, Houston wins. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to give you guys. This is the first ever field review scoop that you guys are going to have ahead of the entire nation. So I got a buddy who lives out in Golden, Colorado. Uh, my buddy uh, was a uh, Eastern grad, was a, was a trainer for the University of Washington uh, for the 49ers and the Seahawks. Uh, so he's out there now. He works in the medical field. Not going to throw his name out there, but, you know, throwing a shout-out to you, bro. Uh, so here's the thing. This is going to blow your mind. Julian Edelman was out in Golden looking at a house last week. Um, so if Edelman's wanting to move to Denver, uh, who else might want to move to Denver? And what other general manager has a history of pulling kind of towards the end of their career quarterbacks in and uh, trying to get them signed? So I could see the man, the legend, Tom Brady, and in his last couple of years out in Denver with, you know, I don't know, pretty good defensive uh, end uh, out there, you know, our, our favorite, you know, chicken uh, collector uh, playing defensive end and, and um, having some cap space. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if John Elway's having a conversation on the end of a runway uh, after the season's over with one Mr. Tom Brady and we see him go out there into the mile high, throw in that light air because you know how he likes to keep his balls deflated. Uh, <laughs> so I, I definitely got Houston rolling, but it's interesting that, uh, you know, I'm like, are you sure it was him? He's like, absolutely. So like, weird, right? Because, you know, what other former, you know, New England wide receiver went out there, kind of end his career? Edelman. Uh, so I could see that, man. I could see uh, Elway, you know, having that quarterback to quarterback talk and be like, you know, you want to, you want to remove the air that, like, everyone thinks you're a product of Bill Belichick and come out here and win one on your own, you know, a.k.a. Peyton Manning. Yeah. I see that's why Denver hasn't been going hard at quarterback. They're, they're talking to Brady. So well, good, man, on, that's good on you, Elway, if you time that. That's, that's huge because I've, I've slammed Elway so many times for, for not being – he's a quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's not the quarterback coach. He can't get a quarterback there unless he got lucky with Peyton Manning. Can you imagine if he pulls the coup and gets Tom Brady? Is Edelman's contract up too? I'm not sure about his contract being up, but I think he has an option out wow. after this year. So because we know that Brady does, so this I'm just I'm blown away. I'm I'm I'm. That's what I love about it. That that's yeah. intriguing. We could we could have our producer fact check that in a little bit, but yeah. I will I will fact check that absolutely. All right, we're gonna move on. L.A. Chargers at uh, Jacksonville. All right, these teams are both four and eight. Uh, Minshew Mania is back as Foles was. Backed up, he's <laughs> added to the backup roster. Um, the Chargers find a new way to lose every week. I mean, come on, last week they tie the game with 14 seconds to go, and then you think it's going to go to overtime, but then Denver throws a, a a bomb, and they get mixed up with how the how the defender runs the route and whatever. Pass interference, really? So they they get McManus in, in position to kick the game winning field goal, and Denver wins. I mean, I did pick Denver to win. I just didn't pick it to win like that. So uh, the Chargers are going to find another way to lose. Minshew Mania is going to go wild, and the Jacksonville wins. Yeah, I have not been loving what I've been seeing about the Chargers. Um, so I'm going to just say uh, Jacksonville is going to going to win this. And by the way, Edelman's contract is up in 2021, so he's got one more year with the Patriots. Two two more years, but hey. 
you never know. Hey, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, Minju Mania, the mustache. I'm back. <laughs> I'm fully on board. You know, like uh, roller coaster of love. We're gonna see that happen. So uh, Minju's back in the saddle. Uh, the mustache of love is, is out there. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do after the end of the season because they're paying their starting quarterback, quote unquote, a ton of money. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in Jacksonville. But the fans <laughs> love him. The fans want Minshew, and I think he gets the win. Yeah, I think Foles can find another spot if they if they figure it out strategically because they're obviously going to get rid of their coach. Uh, well, <laughs> I say obviously, but the way that he beat up the team at the beginning of the season and whatnot, I, I, it just I, it's not going to play out well for Marone. So I think he's done. All right, let's move on to uh, Tennessee at uh, Las Vegas. No, there that's next year. Yeah, Oakland at Oakland. So right now, Oakland is uh, is struggling. Lost two in a row, and uh, David Moore can't figure out where to throw the ball. Oh, wait, it's because it's, it's it was cold last week. But <laughs> either way, he returns home, and it's supposed to be that much easier for him to play uh, this week. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I think we both alluded to this. All three of us have alluded to this earlier. Tennessee's the hot team right now. Tannehill remains solid at 5-1. and one. And last week, I mentioned how Tannehill, he had only played five games, but he had the second highest quarterback, no, the highest quarterback rating. And uh, Kirk Cousins was, was right behind him. So I don't know how it plays out now that he's played one more game, uh, but he's five and one. And and Henry, we talked about it. He's a December beast. Starts in a little bit late in November, but uh, he's a December beast. He had 149 yards last week. Since 2016, the Titans are 16 and one when Henry touches the ball 18 times. That's it, 18 times. So that's not a lot to to give your running back. And they're 16 and one since that uh, with that stat. Uh, their defense is doing really, really well. So I, I think that Tennessee goes to Oakland and keeps Oakland in check. Oakland loses again and realizes they got to go for the draft next year. Yeah, and I can't wait for Oakland to be actually in Las Vegas so that we can all go see them play and go bet on <laughs> the other team. Uh, yeah, Tennessee is going to win this one uh, on the road easily. Uh, Tannehill, you're right, is it, super hot um, in, in only his five games. 12 and four, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's crazy. Uh, 113.9 quarterback rating, number one. Nothing else to say. Tennessee wins this. I'm with you. Tennessee is in, you know, 216. That's, uh, you know, that's Henry's weight and to the yards he's going to have against Oakland. Rain negates team speed. The other thing that negates team speed is a crappy field. And Oakland has the second crappiest field in the league. So we know that crappy fields favor the offense. Watch for him running 216 yards through that defense. Like, you know, like knife through hot butter. It's just, just crazy. All right, sounds good. Let's get to another uh, exciting game, hopefully, this week. Uh, Kansas City at New England. Brian, we like. All right, so New England has a strong... Uh, they play well at home uh, in November, December versus AFC teams. So in November and December, uh, they're 25 and one in the last X amount of years. Uh, so that's phenomenal, right? The only loss was really the the game that they gave up in 08 against, uh, I don't even know, was it the Giants that they played in that game before they lost the Super Bowl? Um, anyway, so 25 and one is, is huge. Their past four games, though, New England is two and two. They've scored 16 points per game. Tom, Tom Brady is struggling. He's got his short dump passes. His receivers don't get open. Uh, he's getting hit a bunch. He was basically, in the Houston game that I, I mentioned earlier, he was 9-25 for 90 yards. He had no touchdowns and one interception. That's how he started the game. 90 yards, 9-25. So that's what, 33%? So he, he was doing poor. And then <clears throat> uh, he's at the, basically since week four, 
He's at the bottom of several passing categories. So he struggled. And you can see the frustration on his face. He's so ready to be done with New England. And it's not that he's done with New England per se or Belichick or anything. He's just done with his contract. He's done with his time there. He's ready to, he's ready to go on. So New England is struggling. They are favored by three points, but that's just the common Vegas line of three that they give you for being at home against a good, pe- a good team. Andy Reid, on the other hand, is 2-1 and one against New England as a Kansas City head coach in the regular season. So he's 2-1, and one, so awesome. Uh, Mahomes uh, only had 175 yards last week, and basically Kansas City was outgained by Oakland for total yards. So Kansas City kind of struggled a little bit against Oakland. They go on the road. I think that they, they amp everything up, and I think Kansas City goes into New England and gives New England uh, two losses in a row. Wow. I like your uh, train of thought there. I mean, I would love to see that. Absolutely. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, based on the way Brady's <laughs> playing, you tell me something I don't know. <laughs> so I, I'm taking New England on this one, um, and uh, mostly because they're winning record at home, for sure. Uh, also, uh, Williams is not is doubtful, actually, uh, running back to, to play. Um, and so that's going to hurt the running game a little bit. Um, Patrick Mahomes, though, still showing up as hot, as I mentioned earlier. 20 touchdowns, only two interceptions, 107.7 passer rating, but New England has an amazing defense, and so I think at home, I don't see New England losing this, so I've got them winning. Charlie? Yeah, um, Patriots are out for blood this week. They're angry. Uh, uh, you know, they got the best cornerback play in the league right now, and I see Patty Mahomes throwing his third and his fourth pick, and to come down to the defense, something like, you know, 21-24, you know, 21-17, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think Mahomes is 100% yet. And they've got so many injuries. Um, I just see that defense in New England rising to the occasion. Uh, well, you know, Bill Belichick stares them down from the sideline, so they're going to play do the your best job. game. Yeah, <laughs> do your job, you know, or I'll beat you down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so two New England and one Kansas City on that one. All right, let's move on. Pittsburgh at Arizona. All right, so Pittsburgh, uh, they staked claim to the playoff spot. Last week, uh, by beating Cleveland, they're seven and five. I think Tomlin should be considered coach of the year, uh, at least a, a, a candidate for coach of the year. He's playing with a third string quarterback, and he's had his his offense basically on injury on an injury watch the entire season. Uh, James Conner is still questionable with the shoulder. Juju Smith Schuster is still out with a knee and slash the concussion that he got against Cleveland. So there's two big injuries there. They're playing with a third string quarterback. The funny thing, the funny story I heard earlier this week was that Delvin Devlin Hodges a.k.a. Duck Hodges. Uh, he's actually been going out with James Washington, the receiver that's caught two touchdowns in the last two weeks. And um, they, they basically have been going duck hunting. So uh, fun for them. But then that chemistry must be something because <laughs> they, 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 they've, they've won two games in a row. So they're 7-5. and five. They go down to Arizona because Arizona has a porous defense. Uh, I don't think Arizona has a chance. Um, so I think Pittsburgh takes this one on the road. Yeah, I've got Pittsburgh uh, winning this as well. Um, I do not have them... Um, making it to the playoffs. I think they're going to end up finishing um, eight and eight. So, um, and uh, I think the Titans are going to end up taking that last wild card spot as a result. You have them losing uh, to the bills, to the jets and to Baltimore. Uh, I have them losing. You have them winning this game, right? I have them winning this game. Correct. And then you have them. So then if they're going to go eight and eight, then that means they would go eight and five. Then they would lose to the bills, which I can see because they're, well, shoot, they're at home and then they go at the jets and then at, okay. At Baltimore, I can see, but uh, any given Sunday, you think they're going to lose at the jets? Uh, no, no, we're looking. I, no, forward. no, no, I don't. We're looking don't. forward. We're looking a little further yeah, ahead, yeah. but so okay. But you haven't winning this week, so. But yeah, either either way though, they're they're. I don't know why they thought they were going to make the playoffs. They they just uh, they're just not there this yeah, year. No, they're they're ju- it's just not. You can tell. I mean, you can if you're watching the games. They're one week they're in, one week they're out. 
And uh, I, I definitely think in terms of playoffs, they're out. But this week, they're in. They'll take Arizona, even on the road. I'm the lone dissenter. I'm taking Arizona here, uh, and mostly because you got to experiment. You've got this. You know, what people don't like in the NFL is randomness, right? He, uh, a first-time uh, new quarterback that gets in there, a lot of times will have his best game of the year because, like, no one's seen any film on him. They don't know his tendencies. you got a rookie college coach and a rookie quarterback that's not experienced a loss like he had last week in his life. Never lost in high school. Um, never lost like that in college. Uh, I see he bounces back in Arizona. The thing about Arizona, it's built on an Indian graveyard or something. There's so many curses there. They're, uh, th- you know, look how many injuries the Seahawks have had playing there. I, I just don't see Pittsburgh with a third three quarterback going in there and winning a shootout. And this game's going to be a shootout. And what, where Pittsburgh's had trouble is mobile quarterbacks. Uh, and, you know, we're going to see it. So it's going to be like something like 37-43 Arizona. The, they're just going to try every trick play in the book. They're going to throw deep. They're going to let the quarterback run 20 times. Uh, I see Arizona. All right. All right. So two Pittsburgh, one Arizona. Let's move on to uh, Seattle Seahawks at uh, Rams. NFC West. Hot game. Just kidding. Not no. really a hot game, but go ahead. No, absolutely. I, I, I love what's played out over the last two weeks with uh, Rashad Penny. Uh, and how well they did last week with their over 200 yards, uh, scrimmage, over 200 scrimmage yards for Carson and Penny against the Vikings. Uh, and uh, I, the idea was that, in, depending on how you interpret the word X factor, Penny was the X factor against the Eagles. So would that make him the X factor again against the Vikings? If that's the case, because he was the surprise out of nowhere, that if that's your X factor, then he won't be a surprise anymore. But I do think Carson and Penny, uh, there's a there's a good chemistry there. And I think with Hollister, and then uh, I think Charlie said it best several weeks ago, the embarrassment of riches, the number of people that R- Russell Wilson can throw to. I mean, look at what Hollister has done and how well he stepped up. He might not get the, the limelight uh, in terms of all the, of the deep yards and all the big catches, but he catches the ball just like Disley was catching. He blocks just like Disley was blocking. And I get it. They're two different guys, but it's, it's amazing what the Seahawks have, have lucked out with and, and developed in these two guys with Disley uh, the, uh, in, these, in his early two years, but then with Hollister right now. And Clowney's paying, Clowney is playing through his core injury, and he still is able to hustle down the field for 20 yards at a time, not knowing if he's going to injure himself more in a contract year. Uh, but he's still he's here for the passion of this team. Dwayne Brown got him to come over, and uh, he, here he is. Uh, and it's something that the Seahawks should do everything they can to re-sign this guy because he's that integral to this team and what they've done so far. Um, so uh, I, I think that they're primed to go down to, to, to L.A. And well, even when they were in St. Louis, St. Louis, Fisher, the L.A., and the, the the coaching staff now, it seems like they've they've always got the Seahawks number. But I think and the Seahawks have they won barely by a point when they played them here on October third. Is that going to continue to be like these close games? No, I think Seattle's going to go down there and put a whooping on them. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And yeah, Hollister has been. This guy came out of nowhere. I, by the way, he's a third string tight end. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Third string tight end. The guy looks amazing. Uh, Luke Wilson, I thought was going to come back last week. I don't think he's even going to come back this week. He doesn't need to come back this week. So he might as well sit out and rest. Um, But just in case you're listening, Luke Wilson, get a haircut, please. Oh, my gosh. Even on the sideline, he looked horrible. He looked horrible. All right. Um, Where was I going with this? I don't even remember. Okay. Seahawks are going to win this uh, on the road. Uh, There's nothing else really to say about this game. Charlie? Yeah, Seahawks have played their toughest game against the Vikings, who had the, like, number two run defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blew them up. Right. Uh, both both players, each of them had over 100 total all purpose yards. I think Penny is starting to come out and peak. Um, you know, here's an embarrassment, Riches, for the Seahawks, their running game. 
their their running backs are like, you know, hey, we're at the goal line. Oh no, you take it for the touchdown. No, no, you take it for the touchdown. Oh no, it's okay, you take it for the touchdown. Oh no, you take it. Look at that, man. I I think what you're gonna see here is just a dominant running game. I think Russell Wilson is gonna be 12 for 13 for 200 yards and three touchdowns because he's not gonna have to throw. They're just gonna run all over the Rams, which is gonna negate Aaron Donald. He's a great pass rushing defensive tackle, but he doesn't really do anything. Gets to run. He's like, that's not my job. Let's him run by him, kind of like in Dominican Sue last year. So I, I see the Seahawks winning this game. Uh, which, you know, I, I still think the 49ers-Saints game is relevant because I think each of those teams is going to lose. Uh, I think we see the 49ers lose to the Falcons. I think we see the, you know, Saints uh, go and lose in Tennessee, uh, which means the last game of the year, we're going to see a whole lot of, you know, uh, Mr. Smith at backup quarterback, and we're going to see a whole lot of Travis Homer at running back to rest some starters. I'm probably both teams because by then the seeds will be decided and they'll just be like, yeah, we don't want to show too much till we meet again in the NFC Championship yep. game and, you know, this time it'll be Richard, Richard Sherman getting beaten for the game uh, winner, you know, by DK oh. Metcalf, um, <laughs> which will just make me smile and laugh. But here's something to think about. I got a buddy named Dave Sadler. So Sadler asked me during the game, like after the game, you know, you know, uh, we watched that one play where two of the starters from Minnesota went out. And he's like, you know, uh, did you feel you're lucky that how many injuries the Seahawks, you know, opponents have when they're playing him? And, you know, like they played the 49ers, but you know, the 49ers, they didn't have, you know, they're starting uh, you know, Kittle, they're starting tight end. They didn't have, you know, Staley in there, their, their guard. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to turn that question around on you, Sadler. Let me ask you this. What would happen if the Seahawks still had their starting tight end, Disley, yeah. or their second string tight end, Luke Wilson, or their third string tight end, Ed Dixon? They're playing with their fourth string tight end right now. Do you realize that Hollister was on the practice squad? Mm-hmm. Ah, also, what would they do if they had their starting center? Oh, I'm sorry. How about their second string center? they're playing with their third string center and he did get trucked a couple times against the Niners <laughs> but you know here's something that's kind of cool you guys may not know this so Ethan Postick was eligible to start practice last week he practiced the whole week he's eligible to come off injured reserve after the Rams game and I think they're gonna slide him in there and see what he does against uh when we go down to play the Panthers but look at this uh Joey Hunt is six foot two 290 pounds Ethan Postick is six foot six 320 pounds and technically Joey Hunt's the third third string center so you got a guy having just playing, he's balling out. I'll give him that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But like, you have these questions about, you played the Niners and didn't have their starting room. <laughs> hey, dude, what if we had our starting tight end and one of our top two centers? I don't know what would happen. Uh, so I'm very intrigued, and I still think the last game of the year is going to be irrelevant. Uh, I think the game with the Saints <laughs> and the Niners is relevant, and I think we really won't see uh, another big challenge to the playoffs for the Seahawks. And I love Hawks. this, though, because you are so... Uh, I, and, and, uh, I, I champion the idea, too. The Seahawks are going to go 9-0 and to finish the season. So, yeah. yeah, uh, Super impressive. I mean, considering the losses they had were, were warranted losses in the rain against two really good teams, but to go 9-0 and to finish the season and then to think about having to win, what, two more games to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? So you're looking at possibly finishing 12-0. and Yeah, you, you know, it... it that, you bring up a really good point, Charlie, because th this brings me, brings me back to the late 80s, early 90s, when I used to, to oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this on our podcast, when I used to cheer for the 49ers. <laughs> hey, I cheered for the Cowboys. There, there you go. Well, and that's, and that's funny because that's who I was going to say. So, so the 49ers and, and the Cowboys, they had that rivalry. And the Cowboys, uh, I can't remember what year it was, had a slew of injuries. Uh, their starters were out. And everybody that was a Cowboys fan was telling me, that, well, if only we had our starters in. And I said way back then as a, as a teenager, right? I was like 17 years old. 
I was like, well, isn't a team all about second string, third string? Who's going to step up in the event that somebody gets injured? And that's what I think a team is. So it's not just about your starters. So when I called the 49ers losing that game against us because Kittle was out, it was because I was betting on the fact that that whole team was wrapped around one player. That's ridiculous. One player, and they lost. My, to my point, right? And they barely pulled off a victory the next week. And then they lost last week at Baltimore, and Kittle had his worst game as a as a as an NFL guy. I think at thirty yards. I know I know it was raining, so I can't take I can't you know put a whole lot of stock into that because stats are stats. Yeah. But uh, he did have you know a, a, a not great game, so there wasn't that key clutch down the field something play that made a difference. So it's not that they rely completely on him, but he was a he's a huge cog and and he's a motivator on the sidelines and uh, uh, you know a big cheerleader. So I, there's a lot of momentum and positive energy that comes out of that guy. So when he's not playing, yeah, that's tough. So but does it come down to one guy? No. And 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 to prove my point here, I'm gonna I'm gonna give props to a, a player that I, I I'm gonna regret giving props to, which is Tom Brady. Uh, let's I mean, undeniably one of the best, well, probably the best quarterback. Honestly, if I'm just trying to be fair, probably the best quarterback ever play the game. And this is a guy who, when you've seen wide receiver after wide receiver go down, tight end goes down, the all of the wide receivers go down. And he still finds a way to mm-hmm. win a game. That is a team. With a receiver, no With less. a receiver, <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> on the flip side, if Tom Brady goes down, do they win? I don't know. But you know what? Belichick. So, again, it's a complete team. It's the coaches as well. So, yeah, anyways, I don't know that there's much more to say other than uh, suck. Oh, I missed that one. Here we go. Rams suck. Yep, that's exactly what I meant to say. All right, any final thoughts on this game before we move on to the Monday night football game? No, but it's just exciting. I'm just glad they were playing or we're playing on Sunday night just because they could have flexed that one out too if they thought the Rams were going to falter. But it's good in uh, good division matchup, and it'll be fun to watch them. Here's like one more thought, I guess, for my for my 49er fans out there. Uh, we talk a lot of smack. I'm in a, a group where we talk some smack with the 49ers. And they, whenever they start to lose, they always throw out, like, we got five rings. We got five rings. And I want to point out, uh, 1997 started the salary cap era. Since the salary cap era began, neither the Cowboys nor the 49ers have went to or won a Super Bowl. I guess the 49ers have been to one and lost. Um, but, like, it was a lot easier when, you know, Eddie DiBartolo, who was actually kicked out of the NFL for cheating, trying to bribe a liquor license, uh, you know, could buy talent as much as he wanted. The salary cap era is really difficult. Hats off to, you know, Bilicek and the Patriots. And hats off to, you know, the Russell Wilson era and John Snyder and Pete Carroll, who keep going to the playoffs and going to the playoffs and going to the playoffs. And I actually see this year that uh, I don't see Baltimore in the playoffs. I don't. I mean, the, in the Super Bowl, I see I see the Patriots one last shot in the Swan Song, and I see the Seahawks getting the revenge game in a big way. I see a twenty-one point victory over the Patriots and the Seahawks uh, winning. Right as you said that you don't see Baltimore in the Super Bowl, I was immediately thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to say Patriots. He's going to say Patriots, and the Seahawks are going to get the redemption. Lo and behold, I, 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 that would be amazing because that twenty-eight to twenty-four defeat is just—it sticks with all of us right now. So uh, it, it's tough to even have to think back on the on that day for so many different reasons. So oh, that'd be fun. Little known website had a top 100 like most painful sports losses in history. The Seahawks lost to the Patriots when they chose to pass instead of run was mm-hmm. number two. Only one that was number one was from 1976. It was featured on the Wild World of Sports. It was some poor guy doing the uh, ski jump, the long jump, and he wiped out all the way down the ramp and like broke like 15 bones. That was number one. And then the Seahawks <laughs> loss on that play was number two. That's funny, Charlie, because I broke every bone in my body when when they threw instead of it ran. So <laughs> that's basically the same kind of thing happened. All right, 
Let, let's move on to um, New York Giants at Philadelphia. This is the Monday night game. All right. Eli Manning for the game-winning touchdown. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so Daniel Game losing interception, you mean? What? Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. A pick six. Philly takes it back. No, but, but I spoke to it earlier, the strength of victory for the Seahawks. Uh, not only do we want Philadelphia to win this game, just in case it comes down to a 13-13 uh, tie, uh, we want Philadelphia to win this game because Philadelphia needs to finish uh, two games ahead of, uh, well, they don't need to, but two games ahead of Washington would be awesome. So cheer for Philly, cheer for Washington to lose, and uh, I think we'll be in a good spot. But, yeah, no, I don't think Eli Manning uh, can do it. Uh, I think he's already checked out. He's ready to be a backup somewhere else probably next year. Uh, they've got a couple receiver. they got a couple. they got Golden Tate and Ingram um, that are questionable this week, so they have less people to throw to. Can anybody name a person that starts for the, the Giants that's a, a wide receiver? I mean, that's playing. Uh, no. Yeah, Shepard might be playing, and Slayton is a, a young a young pup. So they do have a couple receivers, but uh, Daniel Jones can't seem to find him because he throws all the interceptions. So anyway, as much as of it as it was a disaster in Philadelphia or in Miami for Philadelphia last week because uh, they couldn't cover Devontae Parker, I don't know how that happens. At least Miami has a best player. I don't know if the Giants do. So Philly takes this one in a big way. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Eli Manning. Wow, that guy. I mean. He's got a Super Bowl win, but it, or two actually, but uh, but but I'm not going to give him credit for those wins. There's no way I can, I, not in my good conscience. I can't, and 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 for Peyton's sake, I'm not going to do it. So uh, I don't know what's going on with this guy. I don't even know how he's still playing in the NFL. But there's no way the Giants are going to even come close to winning this game. Philly is a team that deserves to be better, a better record than they are. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, unfortunately. I think they're going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. But they're going to take this game, and that's where I've got them, is, uh, is, is winning this. And I'm going to say it's going to be something like 30-17. to 17. Charlie, your take? I'll tell you what. I, uh, <clears throat> my fantasy football season was almost wrecked because uh, of the New York Giants. Uh, I was ahead uh, seven points in fantasy football going into this late game. And uh, then the Giants decided to fumble the ball, let somebody get two points for the turnover, and then six points for the scoop and score. Uh, they scored eight points in the last play of the game. I lost by one. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think, the last time I saw Eli Manning start. And it's just going to be more of the same. I see the Eagles, who actually have a pretty good defense. They don't have any wide receivers left to throw to, but their tight end is awesome. And they got a pretty decent uh, quarterback and running back. Eagles blow them out big time, at least – at least uh, 14 points here. That's awesome. Yeah, so you know what's funny uh, is they've got that new commercial. Uh, I, ah, guys, I can't remember what it's for, but Zach Ertz and his wife. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so I had, to Google, I had to Google Zach Ertz's wife um, because I was very curious. I'm like, what does she do? It looks like she's a soccer player. Yeah, she is. She plays for uh, professional women's soccer, and that's so cool. Uh, that you've got a married couple, both professional sports stars. Um, and, and I do love that guy. Zach Ertz is amazing. Um, but uh, I don't know where I was going with this. I really, <laughs> I really don't. I was just thinking about that commercial. But uh, <laughs> so it looks like all three of us are picking uh, Philly to win this one pretty easily. Brian, any final thoughts on week 14 before we're done here? Uh, I think Russell Wilson puts, uh, puts his name out there to be considered for MVP because uh, he's there. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson slips a little in Buffalo. 
not enough to really shake the world up a whole bunch. I think Ingram will still have Lamar Jackson's back <laughs> in any press conference, and he'll invite anyone to their, to their stadium. Uh, I still think the Ingram thing was, was hilarious a couple weeks ago. I still think Lamar Jackson's a front runner, but I think uh, Russell Wilson has a lot that he can put out there in the next four weeks to, to, take, to stake claim at MVP. I kind of don't want him to win it. I've seen this thing floating around Facebook about the uh, last eight years, the NFL's MVP curse the following year. Mm -hmm. And dude, I'm all down with Lamar Jackson Take getting it that in. one. Yeah, go for it, baby. Same thing about you. Know, it's funny they said about the, the, the curse or, or just the way the NFL plays out because it is the NFL. The, the Rams were in the Super Bowl last year. They lost, and they didn't make the Super Bowl. So more often than not, especially over the last decade, the team that loses the Super Bowl does not make the playoffs the next year, except for... Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. Pittsburgh yeah. <laughs> cheated the Steelers. Mm -hmm. No, no, even this even 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 when they lost to New England, they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, both times. Yeah. They yeah, so it's just cool to see that that's the that that's the anomaly is our is our beloved Seahawks. So yeah. We have, we so what you're saying is we have two Super Bowl wins. Uh the Seahawks have two extra Super Bowl wins. That we that we never got credit for, <laughs> so we have three. So we have three. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but you know what I will say that the, the Los Angeles Dodgers did win uh, the World Series two years ago, because once this Houston Astros investigation for all their cheating and all their cameras in the wrong places comes out, uh, they're not going to take away anything, I'm sure. But uh, it just sucks because I was I grew up a Dodgers fan, so watching the Dodgers lose to the Astros a couple years ago, especially because the Astros are in the Mariners division, oh gosh, that killed me because the, the Dodgers were the better team, or so we thought until Houston pulled it out. But now, lo and behold, cheating. Hello, so. <laughs> hey, I just want if you're if you're listening at home, I just want you to know we're still in the dark. By the way. The lights are still off, but we're still home. We're home for you guys. Uh, Charlie, man, it was, it's was it been great, man. It's been great having you here live in the studio, man. This guy lives, uh, where do you live? You live in like uh, other part of the country or, no, no, you're just on the other side of the state, three hours away, right? Uh, but anyways, no, it's been great having you here. Any final words, uh, Charlie, before we, I mean, we'll have you on the show, of course, again. Any final words? Go Hawks, baby. That's all it takes. All right, well, that is it for this edition of Field Review Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Brian Damon is our star, this guy, right? The rain man of sports. All right, let's see how many of his predictions come true this week. I'm still winning the beer tally, though. Hey, so no, we'll hey. see how it goes. <laughs> we're, 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 we're even right now, buddy. Oh, we're even, we're even. Yeah, we're even right now. <laughs> All right, check us out on Facebook, Field Review Sports Podcast, and also please subscribe on iTunes and also on Spotify. This is Field Review Sportscast. I'm Scott Comey. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.